So yes, as Tim said, we are um, presenting today as a team, um, the voices you know well from the Mission Spiritual Health team. And as you know, um, each year we celebrate two feast days to honor our heritage and strengthen our understanding of how that heritage informs the work of our ministry today. Every spring, we celebrate St. Joseph Day to honor the legacy of the Sisters of St. Joseph of Orange. And today we're celebrating Emily Gamlin, the founders of the Sisters of Providence, as we celebrate the Table of the King. And this week, as we celebrate the Table of the King, may we consider our own life and the life of our ministry and ask ourselves the following. How can we tell the stories and celebrate the work our caregivers do every day in healing those who come to us for care. So thanks for taking the time. Thanks, Diana, for giving us this time uh, to reflect on our mission and values as we celebrate Emily Gamlin and the Table of the King. So many of you know the story of Emily. I'll just hit the brief highlights of her life story. She was born in Montreal, Canada on February 19, 1800, the youngest of 15 children. Orphaned young, she was raised by her aunt and Emily felt drawn from an early age to work with the poor and the disadvantaged. And when her brother was widowed, the 18-year-old Emily went to help him with one condition, that their table would always be open to the hungry who came to the door. And this she called the table of the king. And then in 1823, Emily married John Baptiste Gamlin, a wealthy and pious apple farmer. And together they had three sons, all of whom died as children in their first five years of marriage. Emily also lost her husband in 1827 during that time. Emily's life is a record of one who achieves success in the face of seemingly insurmountable obstacles. She rose from the depths of her suffering to turn to our mother's sorrows for comfort and courage. She was inspired to minister to the weaker members, the poor, the orphaned, the sick, the aged, the deaf, and those suffering from mental illness. When she died in 1851, after a decade of labor under fire and plague during civil war and misunderstanding, her community had grown from seven to 49 sisters and the religious community flourished afterwards and they have served throughout the world. Such has been the outcome of a spirit which began with the disbursement of alms and food from her own kitchen, her first work as a hostess at the table of the king. And in 1843, Emily Gamlin made a prayerful decision to join the religious community that had been established by Bishop Bourgeau of Montreal and continue the works begun by her. Emily became the first superior general of the religious community that later became known as the Sisters of Providence. The new community faced many early trials. There were always problems of funds and resources and disease thinned their ranks, but the community survived. And from these modest beginnings, the life of Emily Gamlin has served as a model for over 6,000 women who have joined the Sisters of Providence religious community, serving throughout the years in Canada, the United States, Chile, Argentina, Haiti, Cameroon, Egypt, the Philippines, and El Salvador. 
Humility, simplicity, charity were Emily's last words to the sisters. And these words guide all who continue the mission of Providence today. Mother Gamlin was beatified by Pope John Paul II in 2001, receiving the title of Blessed Emily Gamlin. And beatification is Catholicism's second of three main steps in the process of proclaiming a person a saint. So as we gather today, we invite you to settle in, breathe, and be present. Listen to your own heart's calling and hear how these stories resonate in today's times. We know that we're living in a time of great change and yet our mission transcends all time. We offer this prayer to frame our time together. And like Emily, we believe that faith, hope, and love will guide our way forward and so we pray this prayer for times of change by Evelyn Chalice. O oh God, in times of change, be the anchor that we seek. Give us the confidence to trust that your, you accompany us wherever we journey, that your love is like the steady rhythm of the ocean, ceaseless and dependable, that high tide and low do not diminish the landscape, but bring treasures unique to the cadence of the sea. May we seek and find those gifts, especially the sustaining presence of peace that allows us to place aside anxiety, experience change as also an opportunity, and see fresh designs emerge in the landscape of our hearts and in the landscape of our lives. Amen. As you listen to this story, see if you can identify your own gifts and how you're offering them in service each and every day. When Emily was three, a poor man carrying a large sack stopped at the Tavernier home and asked for alms. Emily emptied into his sack the portion that her mother had set aside from the family table. But she wept with disappointment when she saw how insignificant the offerings looked at the bottom of the bag. Emily could not be comforted her until her mother permitted her to add her own small personal box of cherished possessions. Each day as our caregivers demonstrate their compassion, honor each person's dignity, work for justice, serve with excellence, and live with integrity, they are following in Emily's steps. We pray we may each recognize the influence we have on others, that through our own lives we may love fully so as to bring greater awareness and service to those faced with poverty and illness and isolation. We carry on this heritage through our words and our actions. It's a living heritage. It began with Emily's vision, and it carried forward right now to our time. Every time we see and respond to the needs of our community and respond to this mission, our mission is made manifest in the world. This, this is our inspiration. It's our aspiration as we hear the words of our mission statement. As expressions of God's healing love, witnessed through the ministry of Jesus, we are steadfast in serving all especially those who are poor and vulnerable. 
Thank you. Thank you for the many ways that you're living our mission every day. And so at this time, we'd like to hear from you. What inspires you about Emily's story? What touches your heart? Um, what resonates with you? And we'll open it up for sharing. I'm hoping people will be willing to share verbally and also perhaps to put some words and phrases in the chat. But I wanted to share just a brief story of a recent experience that our mission team had um, at a recent orientation. So we share the story of both the Sisters of Providence and the Sisters of St. Joseph at orientation. And at the end of that heritage presentation, we ask, you know, just as we've asked you, you know, what touched your heart, what resonates for you, um, specifically um, about the foundresses of the religious communities. And at one of our recent um, orientations, it was almost an immediate response put in the chat, and it was um, given by a woman by the name of Caitlin. And I think I asked her what ministry she was serving in, um, but I can't remember it now. But what she wrote was, poor me. So P -P poor me, not poor me. And she spelled it out, poor, P-O-U-R, poor me, not P-O-O-R, poor me. So relating to it as Emily pouring herself into helping others, serving those in need, as opposed to any type of self-pity. And I remember being so struck by this phrase that this new caregiver gave at orientation on her very first day. Um, and it was like, without hesitation, it was like the first chat that was that was um, put in there. And um, And I thought she got it. She got it. She got who we are. So I just wanted to share that with you because I, I remember saying, I can't remember anyone ever describing Emily in that way. Poor me, not poor me, nor have I heard a mission leader even um, describe Emily that way. So I was, I was pretty astounded by it. So I'd like to open it up to um, any of you who would be willing to share what inspires you about Emily's story, what touches your heart. And I may not be able to see hands. We can help you, Karen. So far, nothing. But in the chat, Lyle, thanks for the comment that you're always in awe of the respect and admiration Emily Gamlin must have garnered to accomplish what was done. Thank you for that. And Liz writes, transforming suffering through being there to support others in their suffering. Yeah. Lyle, I always appreciate you always share some wonderful comments. So thank you for putting that in the chat. Yeah. Thank you very much. Hey, Karen, this is Mark. Yes. Trying to come on camera here real quick. Um, I just I'm it was, I'm glad you brought up that example, but I um I, I love that you brought up the example of new caregiver orientation because you know we do this every other week and all of our mm -hmm. caregivers it's the first experience they have and they're always um regardless of what they put in the chat or what they're saying i mean they're almost so much in awe of her story and you guys do such a great job of telling it but it really sets the stage for when we ask the question later in the afternoon i know i made the right decision to join providence when and they often say when i hear that story and so that's what that's what always inspires me. You know, I 
I always say in those that I'm the luckiest person in Providence because I get to hear the story every other week. Um, mm-hmm. And I truly mean that. So just thank you for for living the story, for telling the story, uh, and just doing such a great job. So thank you. Thanks, Mark. I see Shani has a remark. Her strength, her resilience, and agape love was so impactful and grounding. Agape. Kristen, she makes me think of all the helpers who turn toward people suffering and in need, not away from them. That's beautiful, Kristen, or the challenge or their suffering. Michael makes me think of the importance of courage in the midst of a challenge. Oh my gosh, do we have models of, of examples of that in our, our founderses and all the sisters and all the people of Providence who have preceded us and who are serving with us now? A true servant. Charlene has her hand up, Karen. Charlene? I I am getting over being sick, so I apologize for uh, my voice and if I start coughing. But um, I've just, I've had the fortune of being a part of Emily Court Assisted Living, who was very much um, named for Mother Emily Gamlin. And it's just been an honor to work there and be there with the sisters. Um, We have a new sister and priest moving in by the end of the month. And so it's just been um, wonderful for our community of caregivers to be able to interact every day with the Sisters of Providence and the priests and just know who um, Mother Emily Gamlin is and how we started and to be a part of that. And I have to tell a story Um, with the painting of Emily Court. We are yellow with uh, brick trim and another kind of off-gray trim. When we were painting and trying to figure out the color, a blue color was painted and it was like, no, not quite right. A green color was painted and again, no, not quite right. And then the yellow that we are now was painted and we were looking at it and one of the sisters is like, well, that's the color because the first Sisters of Providence house in Montreal is a yellow house. So we got Mm. our color yellow and it just fits and um, worked out as it should after trying various colors. So I just wanted to share that. That's a great story, Charlene, the yellow house. Yeah. Boy, some great comments in the chat. Rachel, I've always admired Emily's strength to just keep going. Boy, and is that a model for us now during these times? <laughs> I asked her if she wouldn't use terms like burnt out or tired. <laughs> oh my gosh. These are wonderful, wonderful comments. Thank you so much. Feel free to continue to put um, your thoughts in the chat. We will save these. We will definitely save these. So um, I appreciate Anybody else want to speak up verbally before I hand it over to, I think, Roseanne? So, Karen, I would just share as people are thinking any other thoughts. We had a beautiful reflection today that Kate from our PACE program helped put together. And out of the biography she read, there was some indication that some of the people who were being served were not that easy to serve. In fact, mm-hmm. they might have been a bit crunchy around the edges, <laughs> a little bit like not such an easy population to be serving. And I think about that today and side of all the things our caregivers do and how, you know, so many people are disrupted in their lives. 
it really wasn't that it was just these, you know, saintly people that she served. She was saintly for them, but they may have been a little crunchy to deal with. So it's oh, kind of really. a good a good reminder of how life really is. Yes, so true. So true. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, there'll be uh, many Table of the King celebrations going on this week throughout our ministry. So um, they're happening in your ministry. It'd be great if you could um, participate as much as you can with them. All right. Thank, thank you, Karen. Yeah. You know, Emily is known to have said, I pray that you will always love the poor and that peace and unity be always with you. It is this love for the poor that informs the substance of our ministry. Each of us can relate to what it means to feel vulnerable. The poverty of body and mind and spirit creates a particular vulnerability. And like Emily, it's the call in our heart that responds to those in need with compassion. As when Emily was 18 years old after the death of her brother's wife, she went to live with him to take care of the household. Along with that duty, she daily visited the sick in her neighborhood and fed the poor that came to her door. The needs were so great that she transformed her office in the house to a dining room and she established the table of the king. Daily, she opened her door to the poor, cooked and fed them. Later, when at the age of 23, she married Mr. Gamlin and two of them continued to reach out to those in need. After the loss of her three children, all as babies and the death of her husband, Emily's commitment to the poor included visiting the sick, the imprisoned, caring for orphans, and those dying of deadly diseases, as well as establishing homes for the elderly women. As we honor the legacy of Emily Gamlin, it's so helpful to remember the simplicity and gift of love she shared just so willingly. The story of the Table of the King demonstrates so beautifully her commitment to the dignity of each person through hospitality, inclusivity, love, and compassion as she welcomed the stranger to her table. Each morning, <clears throat> Emily went to Mass, and then to visit someone who was both sick and poor, and in the afternoon, basket on her arm, she went to visit again. But it was by no means entirely through the contents of her basket that she gained the affection of these people. It was her kindness, her sympathy that won the hearts and brought them comfort. As word of her generosity spread, more and more persons came to receive her bounty. And finally, she turned a small room next to her kitchen, which she had called her private office, into a dining room for her poor. She placed it in a large table, a large table there, and no longer it was used by the family. And this she named the table of the king. There she seated those who came to her, and, and there she waited on them. She herself cooked the food the guests ate and washed the dishes they had used. The servants had complained about the favored friends of Mademoiselle Tabernet and complained that they were dirty and made too much work. So Emily took on all the work herself, sweeping and cleaning the room every day. Emily recognized Jesus in the face of the poor and she modeled her life after his ministry. And as we share in celebrating the table of the king and remember the influence of the foundress of the Sisters of Providence, we particularly hold up those who have been serving in our ministries. Sharing a meal recognizes our human need for care and companionship. And this foundation of our well-being includes the need to come together 
to share our lives and share in fellowship. What is the symbol of sharing a meal? We know that sharing a meal is woven throughout scripture. Jesus often is sharing a meal or uses um, sharing a meal to engage with people and teach the important lessons. Jesus' example provides an opportunity to invite friends, outcasts, and even enemies to join in community and to know God's love. This radical inclusivity and accompaniment is foundational to our mission and the tradition that informs it. Some might wonder why we tell these stories every year. We all know the power of storytelling, both personally in the stories of our families and most certainly the religious communities of the Sisters of Providence and the Sisters of St. Joseph of Orange, from which our many ministries were established. In the hopes and aspirations for Providence ministries, the Sisters of Providence wrote the following. We hope you will continue to embrace and tell the stories of those who have gone before us. Women like Blessed Emily Gamlin, Mother Joseph, Mother Bernarda, Venerable Mary Potter, and those other religious women, as well as laymen and women who have inspired us and on whose shoulders we stand. These are our ancestors. Honor them and let the others know them so that they can draw inspiration from their lives. So what does Emily's life tell us? It speaks of a God who strengthens a person to do more than she ever thought possible. Every day, we see heroic examples of service inside our ministries to meet clinical, social, and spiritual needs of our patients, our participants, and our community members. Sister Barbara Shamber, Sister of Providence, shared the following at a Prov in a Providence Heritage video, which was called, And We Respond. She said, Emily was a laywoman for 43 years she was just a sister of Providence for only seven years. This, this is the great legacy she leaves for all of our lay people in Providence who continue the mission. Life of Emily Tavernier Gamlin, foundress of the Sisters of Charity of Providence, is a fascinating record of one who achieves success in the face of insurmountable obstacles. This charming and attractive Canadian matron bereft of a husband and young family by a series of unexpected tragedies, rose from the depth of her human misery to turn to the mother of sorrows for comfort and courage. Her own words indicate the value of the lesson she learned. On Calvary is the inexhaustible source whence we can draw the perfection of our holy state demands. Whether she was conscious of it or not, the doctrine of the mystical body of Christ was for her no mere theory. It was a vital reality that inspired her to minister to the weaker members of society, the poor, the orphaned, the sick, the aged, the deaf, and those with mental illness. This was the full meaning of the motto of her institute, the charity of Christ impels us. Such has been the outcome of a spirit which began with the disbursement of alms and food from her own table, her first work as the hostess of the table of the king. In a book entitled The Table of the King, Archbishop of Seattle Thomas Connolly wrote the foreword, which included some of his reflections on the life of Emily Gamlin. He would say, I would like to share a few words here. He would say, Emily's life clearly transcended the normal average of human influence from which we can learn the true lesson of life. God's work uh, works are frequently manifested 
by the seeming inability of the instruments used. Simplicity masked her greatness of soul, her foresight, and her courage. There is light and shadow in Emily's, Emily Gamelin's life, bright lights and dark shadows, joy and sorrow, work and hardship, patience and toil, prayer, tireless prayer, and love, great love, a great love that is wrapped up in a supreme confidence and an abiding trust in providence. For in the loss of self, in the exhaustion of all our energies, there is complete fulfillment. And that, that is the hope for all our people, that even in the exhaustion of all that is required to serve in our world today, we will feel fulfillment in our work. So thank you for allowing us to share this special reflection today. It's, it's our hope that you have found inspiration in the stories of Emily Gamlin and those of our own caregivers. As we celebrate the table of the King this Friday, we pray this blessing. Creator God, we thank you for this day. May our work together bless you. Thank you for the talent and wisdom that you have given to each one of us to share with one another for the common good. Let our work of providence always be your work. We ask this in your name. Amen. And as we recognize the influence of Emily Gamlin and her life of service, we are inspired to emulate the values that she demonstrated in her lifetime. Provident God, who Emily came to know early in her life, open our eyes to the light of your presence and following her example, may the poor always have a place in our lives. Provident God, you whom Emily learned to discover in daily events, the joys, the suffering, grief, and loneliness, let us learn following her example how to meet you and understand your love towards us, whatever happens. Provident God, you whom Emily recognized in the orphan, in the young unemployed person, in the couple experiencing problems and in the loneliness of the sick, in the poor without shelter, in the elderly without friends, let us comfort and give our time to serve you through them following her example. Provident God, you who Emily discovered in the poor and marginalized and whom she wanted to serve and being providence to them, following her example, let us always be available to help others in their need. Creator God, we celebrate this day with you. We honor the life of Emily Gamlin by our commitment to the poor and vulnerable. As we reflect on her life of compassion each day, we pray that we grow in holiness in the service of others. Amen. So as I said earlier, we invite you to celebrate the table of the King with your teams, their family, and your own reflections as we recognize and remember the life of Emily Gamlin and our ministries today. Thanks so much.